I, I, I maybe I did play it just a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative in your on-campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> Back here on 88.3 WCG's after further review. Frank Bastard just got off the phone, and now we got on the phone lines David, the man of God, Harris. And he's got back his segment. Actually, it's kind of crazy. Frank brought back his segment of the NHL power play a little early, and now we brought back David, the man of God, Harris's winners and losers of college and pro football. David, back to be talking about the pigskin, huh? Yeah, it feels good. Took a week off last week, so this is a combined week one and week two college football, and of course, the NFL kicking off. Of course, we had to bring it back because we know I know the fans love winners and losers segment. Right, so I gotta blow this this old theme song off the off the uh, off the dust off of it, but. <laughs> All right, David, go ahead with your winners and losers. All right, kicking off the 2018 winners and losers segment this year, of course, we have to recognize all the routes that we've seen in college football. And that's Penn State, Alabama, Ohio State, Auburn, Miami, our Rockets against VMI. Like, it's always good that within the first week or two, kind of some of the Teams that you know are going to blow teams out, kind of just get out the way, get out the system. And unfortunately, you know, so these other small schools can come get that check. But as we've seen before, and we saw this year as well, sometimes people take that check and run, but other times they take that check and then they get that butt whooping. Which, which team got the, the butt whooping and which got the check and ran and got the win? So there was. So, looking at Penn State this, this past week, they routed Pitt, even though that wasn't really, like, taking the check and run. That was more of a kind of reviving an old rivalry game. But Penn State this week plays Penn State, and so you know that's going to be a butt whooping. Alabama played Arkansas State. Granted, you know, we, you know, Toledo Rockets know Arkansas State a little bit just from our duels over the past couple seasons. But they, you know, they got the stinky lake a little bit. Ohio State just continues to beat Rutgers, which we're still trying to figure out why Rutgers is still taking those Big Ten checks. But Yeah, I, I, I want to ask you that, too. Uh, what is the benefit of Rutgers being in the Big Ten? They keep saying the New York media market. But in New York, if you're not winning, they're not going to watch you. And there's plenty of other things to do in the New York media market. There's other teams to watch. Yeah, I'm wondering, like, that's just a head-scratcher. Rutgers, I know Chris Ash is from Ohio State, and he's trying to build a program up, and he's taking baby steps, and they're getting better. But I watched that game. That was a complete loser for Rutgers. That game was horrible. 
David? You there, David? And I don't know what happened to David. But as I was mentioning before, yeah, the Rutgers game, I, I had to turn it off. I mean, it was so horrid. I mean, and, and it's kind of sad, too, that you get up to high-level college football and you have a game against Rutgers and Ohio State. And from the get-go, I mean, it was Chapter 2 world domination from Ohio State. And I don't know if David is at work because I heard him in the background. He's got us on, on mute for his uh, segment here because uh, the phone is still going. But, yeah, I, there's a few things in college football I just didn't like. And then also the Arkansas State-Alabama matchup that uh, – once again, I, I was—I actually was really intrigued by Nebraska and uh, Colorado, a kind of renewal of their rivalry. That was a winner's game. David, are you back? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I was kind of talking, and then, like, I could hear you, but I guess you couldn't hear me. But, yeah, like, I think this past, like, time that you were saying, the New York market, like, I understand wanting to get the eyes, but, like you said, like, no one's watching no. College football in the state, like no. not even in the state of New York, not in New Jersey, like honestly, not even in Maryland. If we're just going to be honest, right? No. Like the Northeast is not really college football heavy. No. So, like, yes, you're getting all these ratings primarily for you know, other sports, and namely women's basketball, because I think that's where Rutgers provides the most benefit to the big. Yeah, it's but, deep, but the women's basketball is decent. It's not dominant. So, overall, yeah. adding Maryland, at least in basketball, is good. It's strength is the conference. But Rutgers overall, for most sports, Rutgers is just, it's not good. Yeah, and even Maryland, like, they have a, and I know, you know, soccer not the biggest thing, but, like, Maryland has an elite soccer program. Like, they have a consistent, you know, national powerhouse in terms of soccer. Yeah, most, and, like, granted, a lot of Big Ten teams have great soccer program but soccer is not bringing in revenue like football no. like i don't care what school you're at no and so yeah so i would again understand want to get if i'm the big 10 having Rutgers there that gives them the excuse like hey we can have the big 10 tournament in new york that just that no one likes because you're running into either the the, the new review by Big East or you're running to ACC you want to have it there like, it's just it's inconvenient yeah. I just think Rutgers should just go either to the Big East or honestly AC, no, American Athletic right yeah the American Athletic would, would fit them really well alright continue alright so continuing on with the winners high, a high scoring football match in the lower rung of college football because of course winners and losers he gives everyone credit. And so, recently, Davidson, most notably noted, alma mater, Steph Curry, beat Golford 91-61. to 61 Whoa. In a, college, in a college football game. Talk with about Tecmo. Court, with all the sliders. Talk about Tecmo Super Bowl right there. How does someone score 91 points? This, see, there's bad defense. There's atrocious defense. And then there's this defense. It's like, this, at, at this point, it's the defensive coordinators just throw the tape out and just say, you guys know where you got screwed up. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have to tell you. So you know. And if I'm on the Davidson side, it's like, yeah, 
our he scored 91 points, but we also gave up 61. So, so both of these teams have to look like maybe they won't score 91 and 61 again all season. But it's also just one of those crazy games where we talk about all the time shootouts in college football, and we're talking about you know 42 to 35, or 45 to 38. Like this is a shootout. Like this is a college basketball. Sport. A legitimate college basketball player. Hmm. Keep going. Uh, transitioning over to the quote-unquote the actual professional player, the NFL. Three winners, the first Jets fan, because at least for a moment, at least for this one week, they, they've seen kind of the future in terms of their franchise quarterback. They see, like, what Sam Darnold can be, like the veteran poise that a lot of people are talking about coming into the draft. And I think it was Tony Romo that said that he could be at the top tier of quarterback class within, you know, 10 years. And, you know, we take those kinds of things with a grain of salt because you never know with injuries, team performance. But after throwing that pick six, which, again, if you're a quarterback, never throw across the field, across the body. Like that, no. But, like, he really bounce back and show, like, hey, maybe this guy is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Maybe we have a quarterback that can last up, you know, these next five, ten years and get us back to being the second-best team in the division. And speaking of former Jets quarterback, Ryan Gleason Fitzpatrick. Like... He does his once every two yeah, year or two or so when no one expects him. He's just filling in, and then he just has the game of his life where he throws, you know, four touchdowns, perfect passer rating, and everyone's like, "Where did this come from?" But and it's been pointed out throughout the week. The mother kind of commentators. He there's this cycle where he has a monster game like this when he's just the backup holding down the spot for someone, and then. He plays well, decent, and basketball. Then he gets the big money contract from someone to be the quote-unquote guy, and then he stinks up the joint, which means he goes back to the backup role. And so Ryan, like Ryan Fitzpatrick, we know we've seen flashes both here in Tampa Bay and you know, with the Jets and in other places. It's like, I don't know what he puts in his water whenever he's starting a game as a backup, but I want whatever that secret stuff. Uh, and then the final winner for this combined week one, Packers fans. And I'm sorry, Derek. Like, yeah. whatever happened, like, we need an investigation as to what happened in that tent. Because he went in, hobbled, you know, he went in on a card and came out thinking Willis Reed looked bad. Yeah, I, like, I know, I know. It was, it was. I thought to myself, the Bears have changed, and uh, no, they haven't. <laughs> no, they have like, not. Like, I understand. Like when he went down, everyone in Green Bay was like, "The season's over." Yeah, we can give Deshaun Kaiser some burn, but like, we're not going to have anything. You know, we lost Aaron Rodgers again, and then he's just like, "Oh." I'm playing the Bears. Like, I can win this. And then literally with one leg, because those out there just go there and watch it. And it's just like, if you're a Packers fan, you're a static. If you're a Bears fan, you're like, just retire already. 
Like, first we had Brett Favre, but now we have you. Like, just go away. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of crazy. I mean, I, I respect the man, though. He, you know, he he is a very talented guy, so I respect him on that. I, that's right. the only thing. I mean, I I was disappointed, but I was kind of expecting that to happen. But just whatever happens in that tent, like yeah, it's probably some magic spray, probably kind of whatever Jordan's secret stuff was in Space Jam. Drink a little bit of that. Like I don't, I don't know. But whatever it is, he needs to give the inspirational speeches for like every halftime locker performance for the rest of the season. And now transitioning over to our first group of losers. First, veteran quarterback and competency. And so in week one of the NFL season, we saw a good handful of savvy veterans, guys that Coming in the season are the reliable quarterbacks, and you expect, oh, you know, here or there, average, above average, borderline elite, depending on who you talk to. And in week one, they just take up the joinder, we're just going to be honest. And so, starting with the opening game, like Philadelphia, Atlanta, like the only reason I stacked you all four quarters of that is because I'm the football guy on the show. So I, had to, I have to talk about the game. Neither of those quarterbacks are anything resembling good. And that's including a former MVP. Then you have the likes of Matt Stafford that we talked about earlier. Derek Carr and whatever is going on in Oakland. You have Sam Bradford, who, again, he's just taking the money at this point. Mm-hmm. Like he's, And then Big Ben, and we'll, I'll get to my Steelers rant later. So, yeah, like, all these guys that have been around in the league who, as far as we know, aren't injured, aren't hobbled or anything, didn't have any kind of designations or anything, and they just ain't up the joint. Mm-hmm. And so, for that, gotta do it to losers. Next round of losers, and that same, like, Bill's mom. I give up a Buffalo Bills fan. I'm like, come on, man. Ownership told us Hey, we're going to move on. We're going to move forward. So we're going to get rid of Terod Taylor. Yes, he's not really the quote-unquote best fit for our franchise. Then we put our trust in Nathan Peterman, who last time we saw him, he just threw another interception to San Diego. And it's like, then we draft Josh Allen, who was all you know, honorable mention in the division as a quarterback in a division that we don't even know all the quarterbacks and we had our job going into the draft and like over the summer like dude you're really going to like this guy's really like the greatest thing that's like great but it's like going into week one yes they were playing a pretty decent defense in Baltimore but neither of those quarterbacks are like like you said earlier talking about Trubisky like neither of them were average or above average few of them are going to get you at least five years of confident start and it's like what is going on and so now you get the quarterback controversy but it's not even a controversy it's like which quarterback is going to be crap the bed flat week after week um, continue on with losers the entire Steelers Browns game and I'm throwing, I'm lumping in Le'Veon Bell in this too with his kind of 
emoji tweet afterwards, like, dude, you burned your bridges, so you can't talk unless you're in the locker room helping your teammates. But, yeah, that, that game is the reason why there are many people that drink alcohol in the city of Pittsburgh in the Western Pennsylvania. Because not only were we up big, not only were we relatively dominant by not having a B a whole lot or he got Juju involved here or there. But Big Ben, God love him. He he wins a game and he looks great when he scrambles, but then he throws five like he throws interceptions left, right, center. It's like, dude, you are literally killing us, man. And even with all of the turnover, even with not being able to make a field goal late to ice the game. Even with Cleveland having the opportunity after a Big Ben interception, literally a chip shot field goal, Cleveland still can't win the game. So it's like, so it's like if I'm a Browns fan, I'm like, this is free beer. This is a chance to finally get off the schneid against our quote unquote biggest rival and like just stick it to Steelers fans for the next 50 years. And the Browns just brown. Like, if if that doesn't represent Cleveland Browns football since they came back to the to Cleveland in 1999, I don't know what can. That entire game. Yeah, how can and it was, as a Steelers fan, how do you feel about that with it being a tie? Like, I don't. For one, I don't understand why the NFL can't just have an overtime where there has to be a winner. I mean, the overtime rules are kind of confusing because you play, obviously, obviously they're in the pros. I think they should go to the college version of overtime, but they want to be different. don't want to be like college. But to me, a tie is childish. I mean, that's just me. I mean, ties go in peewee football. Not to mention, if you're going to do a tie, why even have the overtime? I mean, that's just a waste of time. Like, for me, I understand. Like, I want to play until there's a winner. And I saw a couple of people like, hey. But then again, just the way that game went, I still think that they could be playing trying to get a game-winning touchdown or field goal or something. Because both of those teams are awful. Right. But the Steelers were up, though, early. They were up, what, 21-7? to Yeah. And then Big Ben decided to, like, hey, I'm just going to be Big Ben. And, you know. PO everyone that supports the Steelers. And it's, it's like, and we've seen this narrative before in small doses here and there. We know Big Ben likes to do Big Ben Roethlisberger things, and he likes to be physical in the pocket and take all these hits and the pressure. But that's a game that normally picks up wet. Like, I saw that that before Sunday's tie, when we were up 14 points in the fourth quarter, we had not, like, we were undefeated. Like, we won those games. And I have to give Cleveland defense credit because they continue to get pressure, their front seven, and I said it after the third preseason game against Philadelphia. Like, this defense can be good. This defense can get them, you know, a couple wins, and they almost did. And the fact that in a game that was so close and people say, oh, yeah, weather conditions, it was rainy. Like, it's a professional football players. The Steelers have played, like, Pittsburgh, it snows half the year. 
in Pittsburgh. So, like, what the conditions don't affect these professional athletes. Like, they've played in rain. They know how to play in all kinds of outings. Unless it's lightning and then you can't. But, yeah, it's like, that's a game that the Steelers should have won. As a Steelers fan, I'm disappointed. I was yelling expletives when Boswell missed that field goal, which I thought, you know, people say, oh, no. Not, not everything is automatic in the rain, but again, you have one job as a kicker. Mm-hmm. You know, kick the football. Just, that's it. That's your job. You've kicked it before in the rain. You kicked it in the cold. You kicked it in the snow. It's a field goal. And he should have made it. And then if he makes that field goal, we're not, you know, the Steelers win, narrative keeps going, and we don't hear Le'Veon Bell's now. Yeah, that's but, true. Like, it's, it's like everything culminated and. I, I think the biggest thing is we learn what we learn as a Steelers fan is yes, Le'Veon Bell provides us, you know, some pieces. He provides pass catching ability, and you know, kind of he's an excellent route runner. But if we continue to run our offense with James Conner being our workhorse running back, I mean, do we really need Le'Veon Bell? I mean, it would be nice if he wanted to, you know, show up and get a paycheck, and you know be a part of a team, not have this me first attitude and kind of be all in his, you know, in his feeling, mm-hmm. kind of teammates talk about him. And so, you know, according to Murray Jones Jr., that's why his quote-unquote plan changed when he heard what his teammates did. It's like, dude, this is a brotherhood. Like, if you can't swallow what, you know, teammates, your brothers say about you, then that's the wrong profession. Like, and I was telling somebody, like, the thing that I've followed so many Tebow jokes over the years. Like, like it's a part of the life. Like, you're going to get found. People are going to say stuff about you. Like, it happens. Well, the thing so about it follow? is, you got to. Did you also hear though that he had told them he was going to come back toward the end of the preseason if a deal hadn't been worked out? Then he said something about how he was going to come back on that Wednesday, and he didn't come back. And the linemen were upset because they were basically sticking up for the guy the whole time. And then you said that you were going to come back, and you didn't. And then he didn't come back on Friday before the game. So a lot of those guys are like, you know, look, you know, we understand you're trying to get your money here and everything like that. But at the same time, you know, this is a team game, and we're expecting you to come back. I mean, everybody knows that the, the Steelers are Super Bowl contenders with Le'Veon Bell. When you take him off the team, then it becomes a different story. Yeah, and... Because we're so, you know, we're in the regular season now. It's not like you can just walk in and you can sign, you know, some new extension deal. Like, franchise tag money, like, whatever money that you're trying to get at this point, you're losing it with every game check. True. So at this point, all you're doing is hurting your, your own bank account. True. And you talk about, you know, you want to get, you, you want to save your body and not get all these carries. Like, we're not running Le'Veon Bell 20, you know, 25, 30 times against Cleveland. Like, we're not. Like, it may have been, you know, 15, 15, and especially if he would have came in on Wednesday, like, he wouldn't have been game ready by Sunday. Like, like he may have, you know, been, you know, Wildcat packages, running a couple routes here or there, but it still would have been James Conner as the lead back. Right. And then Sprinkle Le'Veon Bell in. And if he's not careful, Le'Veon might lose his job to James Conner. So I think you might as well go in there and get your 14 mil and prove yourself and then try to get a bigger deal. 
Yeah, and, and I think at least use the phrase, it's kind of like being a petulant child. It's like, I'm in my feelings, I'm not getting my way, I'm not getting the money that, hey, we offered, and he was offered way long ago, and he spent all off season kind of trying to negotiate and negotiate. Like, dude, you know in Pittsburgh, we pay the position, not the player. That's the, that's the way that the Rooney have done things since the 30s. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it's just reality of the situation. And so, mm, so sound at like the end that. of the day, yeah. Sound like he's the big loser there. David's yeah. still there. And, yep. Mm-hmm. And then one final loser, sorry again, Derek, but University of Florida. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, like it's the one thing to lose to, like, a Kentucky of Kentucky, you know, had Randall Cobb at quarterback and, like, had these dynamic players on both sides of the ball, Bud Dupree, like, roaming the linebacking core, or they had, like, an All-American. It'd be even fine if Kentucky beat Florida in basketball, because that usually happens. Mm-hmm. But losing to Florida in football, like, come on, man. And then what's even funnier is that one of the running backs from Florida transferred right after that loss to Kentucky or announced his intent to transfer. <laughs> like, what does that say about you, child? Like, and I'm, I'm going to use child. Like, like, so you lose one game and you want to lose, like, want to leave the program? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it- that is crazy. That is a big time lose. I guess you know when you lose, you got to go try to go to the winner. You know that's that bandwagon age. Like I mean, like I, like, and I was joking with someone like in, the, I can't remember when, but early week, it's like, dude, he must have been undefeated from the time we was in Pee Wee through you know, junior high, Pop Warner, middle school, high school. Like, he must have never experienced what loss felt like, and so his natural inclination was to just kind of, well, I lost. I can't win. I can't play with the team because they lost the game. And I want to I want to say it's the Kevin Durant model, but I highly doubt he's going to go to Kentucky. True. But I don't know. Like, he might. But, yeah, it was just, like, one game in and you want to transfer. Like, and granted, I understand losing Kentucky hurts. But hurt enough to just uproot myself after being in camp all these months, being on a ro- like on a college football on a good D one roster, and now you're going to have to sit out a year. Like, dude, teams lose all the time. Like, Brady's lost in Super Bowl. Rogers lost the Super Bowl. Like, losing is losing is all right, kid. Like. Called life. You're going to lose sometimes. Chances up and leave every time you lose. Right. Well, while we finish up this segment, that was your winners and losers of NFL yep. and college for weeks one and two because he didn't do last week. And then I think coming up, our last segment, uh, what we learn from the rookies in the NFL or is it the rookie head coaches? Both. Oh, okay. Rookies to bound. It's on the NFL here as uh, the Rockets take on the U here on 88.3 WXUT's After Further Review. Coming up next, we'll talk a little bit about the NFL rookies and head coaches. We'll be back after this. 